Hello, everyone. My name is Illumide. And my name is Christy. And welcome to the Big Empty Purse podcast. Okay, so during the recording of this episode, we got carried away in a discussion, and the episode actually ran a little long. So what we've chosen to do is split the episode in two halves, and I hope you enjoy. Thank you all for coming back. Thank you all for listening to the first three episodes. We're very happy that you did. And we're glad to see you on the fourth episode. So, Chrissy, what have you been up to since we last spoke? Well, I had the very important realization that our podcast has the same initials as the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> like, I tried to text you, like, BEP podcast. And then I was like, oh, no. <laughs> That's been <laughs> swiped out from the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> yeah. Fergie. She yes. sang the national anthem at the. <laughs> yeah. um, she sang the national anthem when she was at, I think, a basketball game. And she did this rendition where she tried to do a mix between a Whitney Houston and a Marilyn Monroe breathy Mr. President. And it was oh, bad. It was, oh, you have to see now. this. It, it's terrible. The other thing I was reminded of how much I love this Twitter account, this woman named Janelle Shane, at Janelle C. Shane, if you want to follow her on Twitter. So she's an artificial intelligence researcher. So she like has an artificial intelligence program. I don't know what you call it exactly. She gives it learning data and has it try and generate its own things. And it comes up with really weird shit. So it's like, She's had it generate its own recipes or Christmas carols or pickup lines. But she popped back up on my feed because she had the AI generate a sea shanty about impeachment. (laughs) No! It's just like Uh. so much weird internet shit altogether, like the weird sea shanty trend. Not a sea shanty. Oh, wow, 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 wow. Oh, my God. The sea shanty was good, but, like, we'll have to, like, reshare this old tweet thread about the AI-generated recipes on our account because it's it's amazing. The AI is just, like, it's just good enough to generate something that, like, vaguely is a recipe, but... Has anybody actually tried those to see what comes out when you actually follow those recipes? Oh. Sounds like a disaster. Oh, no, no, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, here's one of the early ones. It's called eels in silence this one's called fair and moose the first step is remove all internal rinds (laughs) sorry what kind of data is she feeding the ai for it to spit this back out so she fed it a bunch of so it's sort of trained on like general internet data but to like get this specifically she used a bunch of like vintage 70s jello recipes, which are already like weird. So some of them are more recipe like than others, but it's worth reading. I, I mean, I, I read it first like extremely drunk on the Metro back from a tiki bar, but <laughs> it, it holds up even sober. <laughs> even sober. 
Honestly, she probably just did this because she could. Because there, I don't, I don't believe that there is any useful application for this. Your AI should not be figuring out how to cook for you. I just, I don't think that's. Uh... No, no, I don't think so either. I mean, same with like the sea shanty. Like that's not. But no, she has a book which I would highly recommend, where she does like explain some of like how the AI works and why it's really good at some things and really bad at other things. Um, so the book is called You Look Like a Thing wow. and I Love You, which is an auto-generated pickup line from the AI. <laughs> oh, I like that. She used the callback <laughs> reference as the title of the book about the AIs. I actually, I know, I know so little about AI. Um, everything I know about AI has come from me watching interviews about Elon Musk and... Um, Bill Gates talking about it and the only things that I know so far is oh they have this great capability but once they they start making decisions on their own you don't want to be anywhere near them and they're all like screaming no. make a kill switch for every AI you build and the kill switch has to be good enough that the AI can't overpower it and I was like well this sounds like some dystopian nightmare bullshit so 21st century I <laughs> oh speaking of dystopian nightmares I have been binge watching American <laughs> Gods. Have you seen this show? I have. I haven't caught the second season yet, but I watched the first season. Okay, so I won't be spoiling anything. I I think it has fancy camera work. I think it's very theatrical. And I enjoy the references of mythologies. I think it's kind of interesting. Like, I tried sitting there actually logically thinking about all of this, and I was like, wow. So the only thing I can get from this show is that humans throughout history have defied logic and common sense to follow blind faith. I'm just like, why? Why? Spoiler alert, we're talking about American Gods, the very first season. That first episode where they were praying for Breeze, literally, they were praying for the Breeze to catch their sails so their boat would get them off a deserted and abandoned island. And for them to pray, they had to pray to a god and the prayer required them to blind one of their eyes. Every single person. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? I'm just going to be out here praying for Breeze and the sacrifice I have to give is my left left eye for some fucking Breeze? I was like, that well. That is not a good deal. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying this isn't just some fictional bullshit that the writers concocted. I'm not saying that people actually blinded themselves just for some Breeze. But I don't think it's far-fetched. Some, a lot of the um, practices, just like uh, maybe last year I saw, I think it was the movie called Midsummer. Midsummer? Did you see that? Oh, yeah. See, yes. I wasn't... It gave me vibes from that because mm. a lot of those pagan traditions, yeah. it's sort of around the same thinking where they just do shit. And I'm like, what, what was the fucking reason? Yeah. Midsummer was wow. weird as fuck. That I remember was, uh... seeing it. I have to say, I don't think that movie was, for all intents and purposes, good. Because they set it up to be this deep psychological thriller but it just ended up being a how-to guide to be a pagan and at the yeah. very end there was very weak resolution like the the plot did not resolve at the end and i was like no. what yeah so uh, but then i hate when movies do this it's almost like the argument people make for abstract art they're like you just don't get it it's like no i get it it's just stupid <laughs> it's, it's not good it's not good. I hate when people make the argument about art doesn't have to mean something to the masses as long as it means something to the person who's creating the art. And I'm like, absolutely not. Because it's almost like if a tree falls in the forest and nobody hears it, did it really fall? As an artist, the, the, the reason you make art 
is to a change perception or to push the boundaries of thinking and for you to do that there has to be an audience somebody has to understand what you're doing so if nobody understands what you're doing you haven't created art you simply whatever it is that you made could be nice but nobody else can understand it you haven't done your job as an artist and somebody can say well then are you going to discount the work of so many artists no but in terms of the real definition that's not what they've done and if they're going to say well what they created is ahead of the time say for instance the paintings or maybe sketches of people like michelangelo and even somebody like basquiat where they're like oh this is such a very cool concept but the way of life that has to be in society for people to actually get it we as a human society have not evolved yet so they're like okay this artwork people in 50 years or 100 years when society catches up to that belief or mindset will be able to get this artwork then that's still not art because if you're the only person who can see it and you haven't been able to perfectly articulate in a concept where everybody else can see what you're seeing you're a crazy person (laughs) you haven't done art (laughs) and they'll say well it's not art today but it'll be art in 200 years it's like prince or whoever else like would make a whole bunch of music and they'll bury it underground and say don't release it until like 2300 or whatever i'm like (laughs) 2300 people will not be listening to your crusty ass cd I just I, I went in a whole tangent there. I feel really strongly about people who call stuff like abstract art. But anyway, back to American Gods. I've seen everything. I just binged the whole thing. And I think it's a worthy watch. I just I think they've written themselves in a circle. This whole thing that every generation does where they have some disagreement with the generation after them, it's like old versus new. Mm-hmm. It, it's getting old. Yeah. If the new is coming in and you don't get it, Shut the fuck up. And I'm saying that as somebody who will not follow that advice. If I see new (laughs) and it doesn't make sense, I'm dragging it. But in general, the trope of the old versus the new, the new has to respect the old. But sometimes the old just is fucking shit up and they have to go. Yeah. (laughs) Are you telling me that there is a book for American gods? Yeah. Yeah. It's based on a book by Neil Gaiman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what it said. Oh my god, when the, when the initial credits roll or whatever it is and it says uh, written by Neil Gaiman, I read that and it just uh-huh. my mind just blanked and I just continued watching. I I didn't register it. <laughs> oh, it did say that. No wonder. See, it makes sense now because a lot of the way the dialogue came across on the screen it seemed like rehearsed poetry. If that makes sense. Like mm. you know how some yeah. movies are written and the dialogue is supposed right. to be colloquial. A lot of the phrases that mm-hmm. they were using sounds like written text. This does not sound like colloquial speech. That makes sense yeah. that it's a, wow. In other news, I also watched Bridgerton. I've never even heard of Bridgerton. So like take the rock off of me and like tell me about <laughs> what is this? <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, I can't afford to spoil this for you. So Bridgerton is supposed to be a period drama. It's produced by Shonda Rhimes and it's on Netflix. It follows the lives of the aristocrats in, I think, the 1800s. And I won't spoil it, but I will say this. I have never watched a drama so trivial and so inconsequential. (laughs) I watched it and I was thinking the entire time, really, did the aristocracy really work like this? It was literally based on some really simple-minded principles. For instance, and this is not a spoiler alert, apparently if a woman is caught having sexual relations with a man prior to marriage, she is then defiled and her family is dishonored. And to restore the honor to the family, the male leader of the household where she's from has to duel the man. I'm like, excuse me. (laughs) To duel. 
oh and by the way i wanted to bring this up also i mean yeah but it's still a really good watch shonda rhimes has a very specific talent of turning such trivial inconsequential matters into big theatrical scandal i was like so she had sex before she got married why are we doing a whole tv show about this (laughs) i'm like and so um i wanted to bring this up though i suppose i was confused the last episode when we were talking about the riots at the capitol so it's been said that the outgoing president did in fact incite the insurrection himself perhaps and allegedly to fuel the coup d'etat which i still fail to see how that reckless and rather stupid riot would have kept him in office so like i i thought that the insurrection was caused by the senate voting to certify the 2020 election but I didn't think that the insurrection was actually a means to fuel the coup so that the current president would stay in power. Like, yeah, did I, I miss something? I, as usual with his presidency, I don't know if it was just like, was this a plan and it was just a bad plan or are you just stupid and just doing things? Like, I don't, I don't know. No, he was basically like down the street while like having a rally while they were having this vote because he was pissed about it and was like, let's fight like fight like hell go to the capital and they were like okay (laughs) sure oh so so, yeah i like was that his plan to actually send them there with some purpose i don't know was he just right i I was so confused because i was like because next thing i know twitter permanently banned him and i was like now now you permanently ban him he's already done his presidency the whole four years he's done the damage by Mm -hmm. talking shit on twitter for a whole now you ban him could you not have banned him some four years ago so they they apparently permanently banned him i was shook by that a slew of other corporations Apparently, banks are choosing to no longer do business with him. Yep. And I'm like, if you choose to not distance yourself from somebody because you think they're in power or slash you have something to gain from them being in power, or maybe they could retaliate against you while they're in power and you wait right till the very end of their term where they're leaving to start putting sanctions on the crazy <laughs> shit they've been doing this whole while. You're complicit. <laughs> you're actually complicit. You allowed it to happen for four years. Why is now the oh, convenient absolutely. time for you to then say, oh, let's just stop it now. Like the whole time on Twitter <laughs> where he was saying the uh, pandemic was a hoax and all that shit. You should have been banned back yeah. then. Like, I'm sorry. Like there's yep. a lot of damage. And now they're patting themselves on the back. Yeah, it's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And everybody's like, yay, Twitter has banned him. This is something you should have done anyway. We don't applaud you for this. You are late to this. And I understand right. how corporations could say then, well, they could have been sued based on the fact that they're denying service. And I was like, you mean how the Republicans <laughs> supported businesses from denying service to same-sex couples who just wanted a fucking wedding cake? A wedding cake! <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing, I was like, okay, screw this. I, 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 got, I got very upset about that. Yeah. yeah, I. but I suppose yeah. it's done. He's, he's banned from Twitter. I'm sure he's twiddling his thumbs at home. Like, I don't know what he's going to do this time now that he, he's not on Twitter, but who knows. We're just going to take a hard left and talk about the Soho Karen Mia Pontado. Oh, God. Did you see any part of this story? I did. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I sure did. I did. Yeah, this story is a mess. So for those of you who haven't heard about this story, which I think a lot of us have at this point, allegedly 22-year-old Mia Pancetto is charged for assaulting a 14-year-old black young man 
at the Arlo Hotel in New York. And the reason she's charged is because she was missing her phone and she assumed it was stolen. And specifically, she assumed it was stolen by the 14-year-old young man. By her account, he stole the phone. And she approached him rather aggressively because the father of the 14-year-old recorded this whole incident on his phone. And we see that she's out here screaming at the kid, demanding that the 14-year-old remove the case on the phone and then prove that it was his. Not only did that happen, the staff at the hotel also came to almost as if to appease her and slash quell her from causing a scene. The staff from the hotel also said the boy should comply and prove the phone is his. I was like, no. I have several thoughts on this. Several. Because... Yep. I don't know much about stealing phones, but if I were to steal a phone, I wouldn't go through the trouble of first buying a case to conceal the phone that I'm going to steal <laughs> because I would need to already know the kind of phone I'm going out to steal and just conveniently have a case for it. I wouldn't just be randomly right. pickpocketing and just stealing any phone. I would need to get the exact phone that I have a case for. Or I would have to buy a case for every phone just by the off chance I steal one to conceal it and say, look, it's not your phone because I have this case on it. So to me, yeah. that already is a fucking red flag. Like, I'm sorry. You see a case on this yeah. phone? Does it I'm not look just like, gonna be like case? Yeah, like that's the, oh, that's the girl I stole this phone from. Like, let me just fuck around with it in front of her. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, that part didn't make any sense no. to me. And the other thing, like, I, like in the video, no. you also see that um, the father of the kid says, well, do you really think they only make one iPhone in the world? And the, the father literally says, how about you just use Find My iPhone and you can actually locate the phone instead of accusing and she goes well uh, the find my iPhone features is turned on off that phone so I was like whose problem is that and like the the dad is like you know what just leave this girl alone let's just the whole thing from the very jump didn't make any kind of sense and then the hotel staff also stepping in to be like well just show her the phone excuse me imagine you just being on your own minding your business and somebody just walks up to you and says show me your phone and prove to me that it's yours you're like what oh i mean being a black person honestly yeah that kind of shit just happens a lot honestly it's not right yeah like it's it's such a stupid thing like if i if if i walk out of my car and somebody says is that your car what does it matter to you that it's my car like First of all, yeah. it's none of your business. And so I would certainly not respond to you. I just keep it stepping, which is what they tried to do. They were like, you know what? This girl just wants an issue and we don't want any problems. So the, the, the kid's father was like, right. just keep walking. Just keep walking. You know what right. she did? Which is a completely reasonable. And this is the other thing, right? I'm not going to say the accomplishments of the kid's father or anything, because I, I, I think all of that is going to distract from the, the main issue here. You know how if a black person is murdered by the police, the media will then say something like, oh, well, they, they were um, convicted five years ago. Same thing with Mia, too. I will not do that to her. By the way, she has been convicted of other things, but that's not like we're going to focus on this one thing, because otherwise, you know what I mean? I don't want to yeah. do the thing where we talk about all the other, like this one isolated incident is what we're going to talk about. But right. the, fa- the father of the kid was like, okay, just keep it stepping. And she lunged at the kid and she tackled him. And I'm not talking like a tackle that's enough. No, 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 no. This is like a proper football tackle. She took that boy down. She took him down. And I was like, what? Even if yep. you found the person who stole your phone, is the proper, I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying, is the proper reaction to football tackle them? No. 
No, and it's certainly not oh. like. And the 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 piece de resistance of the whole thing is apparently it's been reported that the Uber driver returned her phone to the lobby of the hotel. So yeah, fuck white women. Unless white women are the worst. Honestly, in the name of Emmett Till oh. and all the other black boys who have been murdered because they were accused by white women, this shit really upsets me. It's so annoying. Yeah. Even if you were to keep the narrative of he stole the phone, every step of the way, the probability that he was the one who stole the phone was like next to zero. Zero. Because, right. like, now that the Uber returned the phone, do you think he was the one who stole the phone? Did he really go coordinate with the Uber you were in earlier that day to go give that Uber your phone and then agree with the Uber to, like, drive that phone back to the hotel lobby and turn it in? All of this, to me, just seems, like, crazy. Crazy. And yep. also, th this, is, this is the privilege that she has, right? She was able to get an attorney. Her attorney actually set up, I suppose, and I think I think this is how this works, right? If you are charged with anything and that thing becomes a PR nightmare, your attorney will try to set you up with like a high profile interview so you can address the issue, make an apology, and sort of like control the public image. That way your case is easier to handle in court. And yeah. she got on that interview with Gail King. I say Gail King's name here because I need you to understand how important this is. She got in the interview with Gail King yep. and she wore uh, it looked like a baseball hat that said daddy yeah. on it. Apparently she did that in spite of her attorney's advice to not wear that hat. Then she yeah. got on the call. First of all, she botched that apology. Oh. She did. I wouldn't even say yeah. that was an apology. I would not call it an apology. And then she doubled down and she said something like, what's wrong with a girl accusing a guy about stealing a phone? It's like, oh, so you really, really are just wilding out here. Wilding. Yep. And her, <laughs> you can see her attorney's face go like, uh, <laughs> Because I don't think she followed the script <laughs> on that interview at all. She was just going all yeah. sorts of crazy. And at some point in the interview, which is, th this is the part that, look, I'm just going to say this the way it is. Black people know, if you come out of left field swinging, do not swing in the direction of an older black lady because she will <laughs> gather you like a ponytail. She said, like, at some point, because um, Gail was asking her, like, when you watch that footage back, like, what did you think? She, Gail kept asking her, and the girl was like, Gail, enough. It's like, yep. Gail. And I was like, this girl doesn't get what's happening yep. right now. And if Gail you see the, the video, person... she, like, even puts her hand up to Gail, and she's like, enough. <laughs> like, Gail, enough. Girl, girl, you are supposed to be Gail, here. Gail, enough. She doesn't understand oh that that God. interview with Gail, it was her opportunity to get on the right side of this thing so it goes away faster. And she doubled down and yeah. just completely went. And I suppose what's happening here, which is the part that I really think is the issue, she, I don't think, realizes that the amount, which she might end up getting away with this because this is just how privilege works. The privilege enough right. to not think there was anything wrong with accusing. He was a 14-year-old. A 14-year-old. Right. Why would you as a 22-year-old person think it's okay to tackle anybody in the first place, let alone a 14-year-old? Now, I don't want to hear that bullshit of, oh, he could have looked older because that's the same narrative that they use to try black boys like they're adults and give them maximum sentences. Oh, they just look yep. older. No, they don't look older. You are just racist as fuck, first of all. Right. And second of all, her the 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 whole thing of her saying, well, treating this interview as if like Gail was berating her or something. 
It's because her inherent privilege makes her think that she can get away with this scot-free. Because if she really thought she was in real danger of being sentenced and going to jail and all that kind of stuff, she may have reconsidered how she moved through this interview. But she just thought, well, fuck yeah. this interview because, you know. And even in the interview, she said that um, I'm Greek, I'm Italian, and I'm... Puerto Rican, yeah. And so Puerto she Rican. can't be racist. I was like, <laughs> excuse me. Gail King Caper, she was like, wait, 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 just like, just so I'm hearing you right. Are you saying because you're part Puerto Rican, you can't be racist? And the girl goes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly honestly i saw that and i was like not (laughs) this girl not getting any part of this she really was just like like i'm glad she actually got like i hate that i'm surprised that she was arrested but i'm glad she was arrested because she did literally assault a kid honestly like a 14 year old child yeah i don't for i don't literally no reason yeah none the phone that was eventually returned and like there was no harm no the other thing is her attorney really tried her best to like honestly i feel like some attorneys get some cases and they're just like we're just gonna go with god because (laughs) the (laughs) attorney the attorney took the case and the defense that she wanted to use was that she was a 22 year old woman far away from home because she lives in california and her lifeline was that cell phone the cell phone was her means to communicate it had apple pay her means to her finance or whatever how to pay for stuff and how to get around like booking ubers and stuff like that so in that state of mind she reacted out of fear and and i was like not the damsel in distress argument is that the honestly look i just and this is the problem put it black and white right that same damsel in distress argument is what they used to lynch a whole bunch of black people back in the day because a black person a black kid or a black man can say hello to a white woman hello and by her own inherent racial bias she's just afraid of black people because the black man said hello to her she's like oh my god i'm in distress and then everybody goes ape shit not the white woman in distress lynch that black man and i'm like that attorney did not just use that same argument are you fucking serious not in 2021 we can't be doing this shit we have to do better we can't it's too much trying to do the shit it's been it's been so (laughs) not in 2021 uh... shout out to all the white people look if a black person ain't checking for you don't do too much stop that look because there's already so many things working against if that girl really really understood that she was a minority look and not this bullshit that white people do and they talk about i'm 20 percent irish i'm 15 percent greek i am 40 percent spanish and i'm two percent milk (laughs) nobody has time for that no and people don't understand that just because you are mixed with something other than white if you are white passing in america the luxury of privilege that's afforded to you as a white passing person counts you as white yeah yeah you can't be out someone looks at you on the street and says that's a white lady and then they treat her and go oh well she was just stressed so of course she tackled the nearest black teenager. That's reasonable. I, I, I get really upset when I see shit like that because like, and it, it, it yeah. doesn't, if you are white passing and you have some mix of black in you, say for instance, somebody like Mariah Carey, right? Mariah Carey is for all intents and purposes as is dictated by the public opinion since slavery. 
if you have a drop of black blood in you, the whites don't want to claim you. They don't want to claim you as theirs, so they just call you black. However, if you are white passing and you step out into the world, it doesn't matter what your mix is. The luxury that American racism affords you puts you in the category of white, and you just have to understand that privilege. It's important to understand it. And it works the other way too, right? If you have like 1% white and you are mostly black and you look black, guess what? You're black. <laughs> America will treat yep. you like you are black. And that, that right. flat out to say, people who technically aren't black in terms of being African-Americans, like African immigrants who get here, if, you, if, if you're if you an African and you just got here from Cotonou or you got here from the Benin Republic or you just got here from Senegal, you're black. If a policeman pulls you off the street, they don't care that you're an immigrant. What they see is black. This Mia, I don't think she's remorseful. What I need her to understand is how race issues work in this country <laughs> because she is fucking up royally. Royally. Like, even the bias of thinking somebody stole your phone and it's automatic. That hotel lobby, I can guarantee you this is New York City. There was at least one white person there. Oh, yeah. Did Absolutely. She, like... Absolutely. Maybe there, there was a, maybe not even white. It could have been an Asian person. There could have been any number of races in that hotel lobby. She didn't lunge anybody else. She lunged and attacked a 14 year old black boy. Yep. I'm sorry. Anybody who wants to make the argument of, oh, that's just who she, there, there's no other argument here. Like it looks like a duck. It quacks like a duck. Affleck. This lady, what she did was racist. Yeah. Yep. I, I really, yeah, and the hotel I hope staff that, just like acted like they, they went, went right along. along they were like oh well this white woman is upset so clearly she must have been wronged like it's uh, it's and like they it's, they, it's just racist like top to bottom left to right like it's for people who don't have to worry about being black it doesn't cross their mind at all it doesn't mm -hmm. but like if you are a black person in america leaving your front door actually even being inside of your own home brianna taylor brianna taylor in her own house they kicked the door mm -hmm. in in her own home killed her this is just what it is like you leave your house yeah you're driving on the highway if anything goes left that could be your last it really could and i i would yeah. guarantee you most black people over the age of 16 most have experienced racism and specifically they have experienced racism in a way that they thought it would significantly impact their lives negatively they have had like some issue with a police not because they did anything wrong somebody just assumes that they've done something wrong because they're black as a black person no amount of money you have no amount of education that you have no amount of um legal knowledge or political ranking exempt you from this if you are a black person riding in a bentley mm -hmm. that's even the more reason why police would want to pull you over because they assume How'd you get the Bentley? How'd you get it? Which is the other the issue that I have because white people will say, oh, they don't see race and they don't think that systemic racism is a thing. But then why do you all, every time you see a black man in a Bentley, wonder how did he get the money? It's because inherently, yeah. you know that the systems put in place is supposed to keep him from owning a Bentley. So you all know that the, the system is rigged. So you can't be there and be like, oh, yeah. it's not a, no, it is. It, it's part of your bias. You got, oh my God, I'm getting upset all over again. No, but th that's the yeah. thing. 
Why can't a black guy just be driving a Bentley for the... And honestly, and I will say this, if a police officer sees a black man driving a Bentley, and that police officer probably isn't earning as much money to afford himself a Bentley, and that policeman were white, do you not think that there is an ounce of jealousy when he pulls that black man over in a Bentley? He's probably thinking, yep. how come you have a Bentley and I don't? And he will do everything in his power to make the guy in the Bentley's life harder. So, Mia Ponsetto... The next time your phone gets stolen, even if it is stolen by a black person, you need to calm yourself down, all the way down. Yeah, just when I think maybe things are getting better, but they remind you that it's not. It's not. <laughs> it's not. It's really not getting it's better. Not. And I, yeah. I, I remember thinking, right, that um, when, when, when George Floyd died and the protests of 2020 were really, really heating up, and a lot of institutions around the country were saying, oh, we need to pay attention to this, right? And yeah. they started having like um, social justice meetings and sensitivity trainings and stuff like that. And I sat in one of those social justice meetings. When I tell you I lost my shit, because mm. when, when they said, oh, this is an issue, we need to address it. And you wouldn't believe all the white people in the room, they were looking for a one-stop fix to the problem. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. There isn't a one-stop fix. This thing, this race issue in this country is embedded in every single thing. You actually have to do the work to uproot it in every single place. And you have to check your own bias every yeah. single day. And what they were saying is right. stuff like, oh, we'll just invite more black speakers and highlight more black. I was like, so you don't see the problem? If you didn't ever have black people highlighted or their works or accomplishments like listed or until now now you think this is the fix obviously all along you didn't think it was important until now right that's the problem that's the problem and you know the funny thing is and when they were asking like so what can we do to solve this problem i was like oh so first of all i was like you need to before that somebody else asked and he said well i don't know what else i can do to contribute to the movement because it seems like everybody else is already doing so much <laughs> The point that I was oh thinking God. is, you don't know what else you can do? I said, you need to check your own bias. Every single mm -hmm. time you see racism out and about in public in your own life, it's not just enough for you to not be racist. Now, you must be right. anti-racist. You have to find it and fight against it. If your grandmother, if your sister, your aunt, your uncle, any of your white people in your family say some dumb shit, don't be like, oh, that's just Uncle Tom. That's just Aunt Margaret. You stop them in their tracks and you let them know that this is no longer appropriate. Oh, I will ruin my relationship then. I don't care. You need to let them know. It's because yep. people like you keep giving them a pass. That's why they don't ever have to own up to what they are. And if you right. realize that they are a racist and you do want to continue to get whatever good graces you are from being their friend, then you are in on it too. Then yep. you're in on it too. So yeah. really, you're just as trash as they are. Honestly. Um, white people want to fix racism until they realize it requires them to actually work at something. Like, oh, yeah, no, of course not. And they don't want to do that. And like a white person hates being accused of being racist more than they hate racism itself. Oh, yeah. If you call a white person a racist, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh. Now oh, <laughs> they will completely switch it up on you. And I think in 2021, we need to do better, honestly. And um, a lot of people were saying how, oh, the protests have to be peaceful. If somebody is oppressing you and their means of oppression to you is what grants them their privilege. 
do you think they will willingly when you say please stop oppressing me they'll take their knee off your neck this is the point that people have to understand the racism in america is the foundation of white privilege plain and simple and for the for us to really get to the bottom of the racism people need to address the white privilege. Whatever good graces you get from being a white person, you need to address that before you talk about racism. You can't say, but I'm not a racist. Yeah, we just took like a whole segue on like race right now. But like, I get really upset. Because these stories happen more often than not. And every time I hear it, it's, you know, the, the hope that people have of, oh, we're, we're going to get better. I, I honestly, it's a one step forward, two step back, that type thing. Yeah. I, like there, there really isn't. And the other thing is like this same conversation that we had they had it in the 60s when the civil rights movements happened it's been how many years since we're still having the same talk in another 60 years our children our children's children are going to be having the same talk they sure will and it's and you know the the civil rights movement white people were in on it too a lot of other races really supported the civil rights movement because it's really it's good for business for everybody (laughs) but those white people, when they went back to their white families and friends and whatever, they did not hold all the other white people accountable. So those other white people who were still racist and not accountable had children, and that racism just lived mm-hmm. on. So now, this is why it's not only important for you to be not racist, you actually have to be anti-racist, and you have to attack it in every single corner yep. that you find it. Because we can't just say, oh no, racism is just going to die with the old generation. Racism is not going to die with the old generation because that shit is learned. They have taught their kids and their kids have taught their kids too. I think I should just say no more about that. But like, Mia, fix your shit. A lot of white people are racist and they can't help it. And I'm not giving them a pass. Like that doesn't mean I'm giving them a pass. What I'm saying is they see that black people are upset about racism, but they don't see it from the black person's perspective because it's never been a problem Mm -hmm. for them. And I think that obviously there are people who can still see it from the black perspective and still not give a shit because they're just evil people. But I think sometimes you're just putting it in a perspective for like people who are not exactly of your own experience to understand why it's an issue it helps them to see oh yeah that's Mm -hmm. fucked up and i unfortunately it's not black people's responsibility to actually make you see their perspective i think it's everybody's job to address their own bias but i do like when black people speak up and make it very clear to say no 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 no. this is how it occurs and this is my point of view and i and i I like when white people also actually listen with the intent of wanting Mm -hmm. to do better like oh is that really what it's like i've never experienced that and then going forward they can recognize it and understand oh this right here is racism. Yep. So I, I like that, you know, a lot of conversations about that are happening thanks to like all sorts of internet and media and all that kind of So people are actually like noticing, ah, these things that we wouldn't have thought about otherwise, we can now recognize what they are and they are in fact right. racist. Um, bless the white people. <laughs> well, this seems like a great place to stop the first half of the episode and please stay tuned for the second part of the episode.